So Psalm 20, the title over, over mine is the assurance of um, God's saving work. And um, make sure, yeah, the assurance of, or, or the Lord saves his anointed, uh, your Bible might say, or, or one of those things. kind of lets us know the theme of what we're studying and what we're going over. So Psalm 20, verse 1 says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary. And strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Selah. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May uh, the Lord fulfill all your petitions. So those first five, five verses here. This psalm is presented in the voice, the first part of it, it presented in the voice of a multitude. And that they are speaking of David. And they're praying for David. Uh, it's, it's, and, and they're praying a blessing on David. Uh, it, you know, on behalf of the king as he prepares for battle. And uh, that's a important reminder for us to pray for our leadership. Um, that that uh, you know, I've I've been told by many in our church that there's a group of people. Um, Jen said, "Yeah, there's a group of ladies that pray for you every day." I'm like, "What?" It threw me off. Like, you, you got to understand how much of a blessing that is to hear how how appreciative I am and how humbled I am that anybody would put my name on their lips in a petition to God. It's a blessing when we hear of that for anybody, anybody, you know, if somebody says, Hey, I've been praying for you. Remember when Gary uh, was, was so sick and everything and uh, dealing with some very scary, I mean, he, he had COVID and then he had the intestinal issue, you know, Gary went through it and uh, you know, hopefully it was a blessing for him to know and for you to know that you, you weren't forgotten. It wasn't like, Oh, out of sight, out of mind. They're not here. We're just going to move on. I've noticed that it's weird that I've seen when we, when somebody, would uh, would retire from military service or uh, in any job I've had when maybe then when someone retires or they or they've died right, while they're working there it's like oh you know it feels and it's like two days later it's like oh, that person's gone completely forgotten and moved on you know I it's uh, I, that somebody would be uh, petitioning God you know the God of all creation for us. And that we love and appreciate everybody so much that when they're not here, we're praying for them. You know, that, that we're lifting them up. We know, we know that there are people that can't be here tonight with us because of what they're dealing with. You know, and uh, for these people to be lifting up their king, you know, it's, it's very godly and powerful to pray for somebody else, to pray for victory excuse me, in someone's life. And it's clear that this is a multitude because if you look at verse 5, it says, we will rejoice in your salvation and you being saved by God is what they're saying uh, there in this. So uh, David Guzik suggests that this might have been David reflecting on a specific moment when the multitude prayed for him before battle and wrote and he wrote a song about it. David often wrote songs and I know I've shared with you, I, I would love to write songs, you know, when moved and stirred and, and everything, but I can never put 
they never put those things together. He, he but he was blessed because that's what he, a, a calling on his life was to write songs. And uh, he's a, a poetic. Uh, he was given the uh, a gift of uh, of writing poems. And uh, as he's writing these things and and everything, we're blessed by these songs. Uh, it might be uh, from him in a state of brokenness or in a state of uh, despair or when he's praising God for the victories he had. When we can look at these things, but this is this is everybody praying for him as he leaves and he goes to lead uh, the nation. And uh, so it's it's quite a thing to read. So in verses one and two, the prayer is that God would be the defender and helper to strengthen David as he prepares for battle. So that that prayer for strength and protection. You know, the Lord loves to answer our prayers and to show Himself strong uh, that we might trust in His name. And he, he noticed. There's never a time of failure where we're going, oh, yep, God failed. Can't trust him anymore. Um, only one who doesn't understand the Lord or the circumstances can come to that conclusion. Uh, but when we understand who the Lord is, um, whether we like the outcome or the outcome, uh, if we get that outcome we were hoping and praying for, God is still faithful. He's still on the throne. But we know that they were given victory uh, as uh, as. They heard the prayer of uh, that he heard the prayer of the Lord. It says in verse two, "May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion." Now, verse three, it's uh, it's uh, may he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Now, that God would remember your worship and our worship. You know that's what they that's what they're saying. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. When they, when that's being said, may he remember your worship, how you approached him in worship, and God takes note of our worship and love for him. And uh, one of my favorite verses in the scripture uh, is Malachi three sixteen and seventeen. And uh, three sixteen uh, says, "Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened." And heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I will make the, uh, on uh, the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son and who serves him. I love that. That those who fear the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. Think about that. When we've been in this church and we're talking about the Lord and we're talking about what he's doing and how he's ministering, God's listening. And isn't that amazing? Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. And a book, of, so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. That's a powerful thing. I mean, if you haven't been blessed by Malachi 3.16 and then 17 where it says, They shall be mine, says the Lord. God is so blessed when we gather in his name, when we talk about him. Just, just in normal conversation, when we're just talking about the Lord, he's taking note and he's, he's listening. That's, that's a powerful thing. That God would read. That's a that's a form of worship. As we're praising Him in our discussion, that's worshiping Him, and that He would remember us. That He would remember our worship. Verse four: May He grant you your heart's desire. 
may he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. The heart's desire, you know, what our heart's desire is. You know, uh, delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That as the Lord is our delight, our desires are going to be for more of him and the things that come from him and the things of him. So as he is our delight, godly things come from that. But if anything else is our delight and then we try to like mix that in with our worship, Things get all misconstrued in our lives, but when we when we uh, look at at that verse, Psalm thirty seven verse four, delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart, because our delight is already Him. So if our delight is Him, and we want more of Him, then He's going to give us that. That's that's a powerful verse. If you're uh, if you're not familiar with it, Psalm thirty seven verse four. Uh, uh, it just uh, that that is a uh, one to meditate on because uh, as you think of it, the more you think of it, if our delight is in the Lord, then uh, those desires are going to be for him and the things that come from him. You know, our prayers uh, change. Now, you, you think about as he's our delight and, and we, we grow in him and, and uh, our relationship is strengthened. You know, we start praying for our prayer life has a change to it when God is our delight. And when we come to him and, and those desires, because those desires, what we're going to see is a selfless heart. That's a result of it. Because when, when we're only praying for the things that we want, we need, you know, the focus is on self, but as the Lord ministers and he just, he brings us up, there's an amazing thing that happens and we start praying for spiritual victory for others. We start praying for uh, health needs of others, uh, whatever it might be. We start petitioning the Lord on the, on behalf of others that, that, you know, with him being our delight and we see our brothers and sisters around us just to know uh, that, that uh, our, our priorities are going to change as he is our delight, that, that our mindsets are going to change. And he's, just such a, uh, he himself is such a blessing to us that he, he takes our focus off of self and that we would even pray for others. Now, David uh, would have been praying that he would have been strong for his men and his nation, you know, going into battle. He was a good leader. And he led his nation in prayer and in worship. There were times of failure in David's life. But the, when you look at David's life as a whole, he was a man after God's own heart. So going into prayer, going into battle and everything, there's no doubt that they, they would seek the Lord and as they went into It's recorded. They would seek the Lord as, and they would see their king worshiping God. And uh, you know, that, that is leading properly. Now, verse 5 says, We will rejoice in your salvation. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Uh, you know that that the you know trust and rejoicing uh, is in God's power is what they're saying. It would be that He would be glorified when He's talking about your banners. Uh, we would set up. He's talking. We will set up um, our banners in His name, and that that He would be the one that would be glorified and praised when when victory is had. Now, verses six through nine, it switches to David's response to this. 
It says, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. So David was very aware that victory came from the Lord and not in military might. You know, yes, it's important for his military, it was important for his military to be prepared, to be skilled, to practice, to go through all those things and, uh, you know, and, and not to put trust in themselves or in their equipment, but understand that God was the one that gives the victory. So there wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm so I'm so great and so strong that I'm going to move in on my own strength and in my own uh, skill that I'm going to take out. Da, 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 da. It was, yes, the Lord has prepared me and the Lord is going to be my strength. Um, if you haven't seen um, there's a, I, I don't normally like to endure like, hey, go go watch this movie. But Saving Private Ryan, um, there's a sniper in that. And as he's um, as he's preparing for each shot, he's 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 praying to the Lord and he's he's repeating psalms as he, you know, he was he was God was his strength. He was a, a, a sharpshooter. You know, his his job was uh, to be able to be in a, a, a distant place and to make the, the perfect shot that was needed. But he realized that his strength was in the Lord. So if you it, that's a cool I've been blessed by that movie so many times, but uh, in 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 that part, uh, you know, in the heat of battle, he's remembering not. Oh, you know, he's he's asking God, you know, steady his hands, and he, it's a prayer, and he's re, he's reciting. I gotta I gotta actually look up what he's what he's quoting. I can't. It's it's escaping my mind right now. But the fact that that as we go into battle, that we're trusting in the Lord and knowing, Lord, you prepared me, be my strength, and um, you know that. If we understand who God is, that he didn't need any help, uh, but he, but these people were called to be prepared. Now, when David says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You know, God didn't need any help in defeating Egypt. You know, there were chariots and horses chasing the people and they were frightened. Remember, just go back and read. They're frightened and everybody's freaking out. And God parts the Red Sea. Israel walks through it on dry land. And how are they all taken out? God just shuts the water up and swallows them all up. So Israel can look back and go, you know what? We, you know, yes, we need to be prepared for battle. We need, you know, a lot of people say Israel. Yeah, they're they're uh, you know such a, a ready nation and every Israel's strength is the Lord. Israel's this big. You know, they're very, very small. The strength they have is because the Lord is with them. Yes, they're already military, but the Lord is, is still protecting them. And, uh, you know, because it's the same with, with any nation. You know, if, if uh, for us to make a boast of, uh, you know, in the United States, very powerful uh, military. But, I mean, the, you, get, you get scared when you see that our nation is turning from God as a nation. You know, they're still... A remnant there that that loves the Lord and, and is, is seeking His face, but as a nation turning away from the Lord, and it's frightening to see because He is the one that's been our strength all along. But as we turn away from that and go, yeah, we don't really need Him, you know, and and move toward, yeah, we've got all this technology, 
yeah, you know, we, we don't really need thanks, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to put our, oh, and then there's, you know, this thing fails or whatever. Uh, and then it's desperation. We better call out to the Lord. You know, that's, uh, we saw it in Israel's history. Yeah, as soon as they'd start turning away and everything, the battle would, would flop in the other direction or they'd go out and get their butts kicked and then come back and what happened? And, and the prophets would say, yeah, you've turned away from the Lord. I'm summarizing some things here. Uh, and then they'd, they'd restore their proper relationship to the Lord and then they'd have victory as they move forward from there. You know, just that we can look at several Old Testament accounts or even New Testament accounts. You know, when you think of Christians, you know, um, being, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, just, okay, when prayers and songs are lifted up as God is being praised in prison and, you know, the, 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 the doors are falling and, and chains are falling off. You know, that's that's the power of the Lord hearing. And that's where, where power comes from is as we seek his face, then we can win those battles. Then we have strength. But, uh, you know, when when we start going, yeah, I don't really need that. Uh, that's where we're in our, our worst spot. You know, God's the one that brings the victory. So then God's the one who gets the glory. Right. It's the way it goes. You know, if, if we have victory to him, be the glory, not to us. So. But uh, David understood that even when we are you know, we are weak, we are strong, that mindset. And, uh, and it was for God's glory. That we wouldn't place our trust in anything. You know, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, as it says here. Um, but uh, we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now, I, I think I made this, I referenced this, this verse here fairly, fairly recently, but it definitely comes uh, into play and, and uh, it should be, should be reviewed here in Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who, makes, uh, who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. That's, that's. Uh, I, we don't want to be in that category that we're cursed because we're trusting in man and we're making flesh our strength. You know, if we sit there and go in our military might, anybody come on, you know, okay. Have you ever, have you ever watched uh, a boxing match when, or, or a UFC fight when someone starts getting cocky, bing, they get hit right on the jaw and then all of a sudden they're rigid and the fight's over and they've lost. You ever seen that? If you haven't go on YouTube and look up, uh, you know, uh, UFC, bra uh, you know, uh, bragging fails or whatever. And you're going to see people getting cocky and then getting caught right in the face because they're going, I'm too good. I'm too good. Whack. There's a, you know, slice of humble pie right in the mouth. Right. <laughs> Isn't it just bam. And, and, and then they look stupid. You know, when we get cocky, you know, that proud look. Oh, really proud look. Here you go. Hit that button. And uh, and, and they're done. You know, uh, whose heart departs from the Lord. That's the problem is I'm strong enough. Don't need the Lord when we're weak. Oh, Lord, I need you. OK, now I'm good enough. No, no, no. You can back up now. I don't need you anymore. That's a very, very bad place for us ever to be. Just to realize that we always need the Lord whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Shrub in the desert. All you got to do is think of that. That thing is just going to keep shriveling up and dying. 
I like the opposite. But shall inhabit it's well. It, we'll keep reading. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. That's a bad place to be spiritually. That that our heart would be set on, uh, you know, our own strength, and that that flesh would uh, be what we put our trust in, and our heart departs from the Lord. Verse seven: Blessed is the man. The opposite. So there's cursed is this man. The opposite is blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. So when that heat of life comes, no, you know what? I'm right where I need to be. I've got the, I've got the water here. I've got the nourishment and uh, God is providing everything I need, but it's leaf shall be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The drought's coming. This is coming. You know, I've got a trial coming. That's okay. The Lord has prepared me. I've got everything I need. When we have that, we have the trust in the Lord, and those around us see that we're facing that trial, trusting the Lord, then it blesses everybody else. We're still bearing fruit even though this is going on in our lives. When the Lord is our strength and not us. We go into something on our own strength. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want though to be the ones that trust in the Lord to be the one to be our hope, and that we that uh, we would be firmly established in Him by the waters that that He would provide what we need. Psalm twenty one. Make sure we uh, we did we did finish that one right. I, I jumbled up my pages here. Yeah, I did. Okay, verse 9, right? Yep, I did. Save, Lord, may the king answer uh, when we call. So uh, Psalm 21, verse 1. A psalm uh, to the chief musician is Psalm of David. Now the joy and the salvation of the Lord uh, is uh, what a title uh, that I have uh, in my Bible for uh, this psalm. So it sets the tone, gives us an understanding of what's being discussed. Verse 1, the king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation how greatly he shall rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire uh, and have not withheld the request of his lips. Now, giving praise where praise is due is important. And, you know, oftentimes we can pray for victory in a specific area for strength and circumstance. God gives us that victory. He gives us the strength. How often, uh, I'll confess this, how often have I gone, phew, that went great, and da-da-da-da-da, and I'll lay my head down at night and go, I didn't say thank you to the Lord for carrying me through that. Because I get caught up in whatever's going. That God's praises and thanks to him would ever be on our lips and on our minds and on our hearts. You know, I've, I've, I can't tell you how many times that I've been up here with faces looking at me and, uh, you know, something will come up in my mind or whatever. Lord, carry me through it or whatever. And he does. And I'll just go about that. Da, 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 and I'll go, you know what? I never thanked him for that. And I'll go to, you know, as I'm laying my head down and I'm praying to the Lord at the end of the night. Lord, I apologize that I didn't recognize that and praise you for what you just helped me through. The, this starts right there uh, at the beginning of it. The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly he shall rejoice. 
You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the requests of his lips. You know, Psalm 20 is about preparing for war, and this one uh, seems to fit nicely right in in uh, the in response to God's answered prayer uh, as as we look at verse 21. Now, um, speaking of uh, where it says in verse 2, you have given him his heart's desire, have not withheld his request, the request of his lips. Now, uh, that God did give that. Now, on the other hand, that unanswered prayer in our life uh, may come up where, you know, I've been praying about this or that. Now, uh, sometimes an unanswered prayer may mean that God is saying no or wait, but sometimes it might be a signal of something that needs to change in our hearts where the Lord is revealing something to us like, you know what, I'm not going to answer that right now, that you're going to continue to pray about it and you're going to have to do some self-reflection. Sometimes it's a, a signal to our to us of unrepented sin, or there might be uh, the fact that you know our when we look at our request overall that it's sinful or selfish, uh, that that it's not in uh, the best interest of even those around us. So uh, whatever it might be, uh, it might be because of contentions with brother with a brother or sister. Uh, just think of, uh, you know, when, when the Lord said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, he said, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift, therefore, before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. You know, the Lord, as he uh, is, is speaking, he's got everybody's attention saying, hey, if you, if you really want to be in proper worship of the Lord, if you realize that you and your brother or sister have something going on and that there's contention there, go and settle it. He literally says, leave your gift at the altar. Stop your act of worship and go to God. Uh, go, go, sorry, go to that brother or sister. Get those things right so that our hearts are properly set to properly worship him, right? Because... If that's going on in our lives and we're trying to lift our hands in worship or we're trying to uh, to praise him and be in his word and, and grow, it, but there's that thing there that's dividing our heart, dividing our mind so that we can't properly come to him with an undivided heart, go and settle it. So you know what? I can't act like this elephant isn't sitting in the room any longer and pop your head around the elephant, talk to your brother or sister and say, there's something going on here, you know, whether they've they've uh, offended us or, or we've offended them, whatever it says, uh, you know, but the Lord is saying that your brother has something against you. You know, if we if we have the especially the one that if we're the wrong one, if we're the wrong one and we're trying to get around it and say, hey, Lord, I really don't want to address this. God is forcing us to address that by saying this. You understand that? That if we know there's something wrong, God's going, hey. You've got to get this right right here, you know, that, that this relationship needs to be preserved. Once you've done that and you've con confessed your sin to that person and you've asked for forgiveness, you've righted the wrong, then when that is settled, then that, re that remember we've talked about the horizontal relationship and the vertical relationship. They both need to be set. You know, this needs to be right for this to be right. And this needs to be right for these to be right, you know, here on earth, that, that uh, those relationships – and uh, for our relationship with God to be proper and vice versa. That if we don't have that proper relationship with the Lord, 
not properly walking with him, we're going to wreck everything around us and all of our relationships because then the, the focus is on self and things just get destroyed around us. When we know that we have wronged somebody, that we would go and bring it uh, to somebody and say, hey, I've wronged you. I'm sorry. Let's, let's get past this. Then it says, um, leave your gift there. And uh, Matthew uh, 5, verse 24 says, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Then come. So before church. You know, for us in our day, we're not necessarily bringing anything to it, but we are in our voices as we lift our praises and our and our prayers to the Lord, you know, that we would go to that person and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. Uh, I, 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 I want to make this wrong. Right. Let's can we discuss this? I know that when we go into church, uh, you know, you're going to have this on your heart. I'm going to have this on my heart. Let's settle this now. Let's get it out right now. And and isn't that always such a blessing that, oh, no longer have to hold on to that contention and that strife in my heart. We've we've talked, we've discussed these things, and now we can move forward and we have peace in the Lord. And now we when we lift our hands, when we lift our voices to the Lord, that relief is there. We're not going, oh, I'm lifting my, my hands, but I really should probably have them in my pockets and not even be singing at all. You know, because that's where my heart was. So that that proper thing there. So when it says here, you have uh, in verse two of Psalm 21 says you have given him his heart's desire, not withheld the request of his lips. Just think of, uh, uh, you know, why that might have been withheld. Now, verse three says for you meet. Oh, sorry. I wanted I wanted to, to go back to that. So I have another another scripture to share with you. And you know what? We'll, we'll move forward. Um, verse three. For you meet him, uh, for you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold on his head. Now, uh, when when David reads uh, uh, reads of the benefits of the Lord, and he continues in verse four, he, he asked life from you, and you gave it to him. Length of days, forever and ever. His glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him. For you have made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad in your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord, and though uh, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. You know, you uh, when you go back to verse 3, it says, For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. We want the blessings of the Lord. We've looked at the curses and being like a shrub in the desert uh, from uh, what we were studying in uh, chapter 20, uh, the opposite, those blessings that come from the Lord. You set a crown of pure gold on his set, uh, on his head. Now, he's a king. David is used to wearing the crown uh, in, in public, and, and uh, you set that pure, uh, pure gold on his head. He asked life from you and you gave it to him. You know, you ask and you shall receive. Length of days forever and ever. His glory. Now, how many times did David cry out, Lord, I need you. Please preserve my life. And God did all along. Even though he's running with his group of bandits. That, no, I shouldn't even call them bandits. A group of, of uh, these, these guys that are all surrounding David, and uh, they're there to protect him, loyal servants, and they're way outnumbered, and they're running around. They're running from 
uh, King Saul and his army, and, and uh, they're running from Absalom when he gets a bunch of people. And, and so David knows what it is to pray for length of days and that God would preserve him. You know, his glory uh, is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him. You know, David understood that, that the position that he was given was from the Lord. Uh, and that it came from him and that he needed to praise God for it. Verse 6, for you have made him blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. That David's gladness, now understand what David had in his life. But what was the thing that made him exceedingly glad? The presence of the Lord. That, that David would write that in here. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. If there's a point in our lives that we're not glad and not seeking God's presence in our lives, not feel, I'm not talking about that feeling. Oh, that feeling. Now, you guys know what I mean. The, 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 the spiritual high where, oh, you know, especially when we first come to the Lord or, or have returned to the Lord, that spiritual high. Um, there are, uh, I, I, uh, I've spoken of this, and I don't remember. It's been probably a few years since I brought it up. But I, I know that when I've seen and I've witnessed and I've, I've been through this in my own life, that newness of walking with the Lord or been renewed, and we're like, oh, I'm ready to conquer the world, right? And we got that, oh, I'm right, lockstep, and things seem perfect and everything. And, and, and that feeling that we can get so connected to, that feeling of, of, Oh, God is with me and everything. And what, what is it? When maybe we might wake up and we haven't had enough sleep. Or uh, maybe we needed coffee. Or, or we got this going on in our lives and we don't have that feeling anymore. And we, we equate that to, well, the Lord's not really with me anymore. You know, that we start, we start trusting God based on our feelings. And uh, we know, as we've, we've uh, studied here together, uh, for me, I've been here for 20 years and sat under Will's teaching. And Will's talking, but we cannot trust our feelings. If we're going through our lives, right? Right? What does he said? If we're going through our lives based on our feelings, we might be blind. Right? <laughs> Can't see. We we have to trust in the Lord, and we have to be that that we are trusting in His presence. You know, knowing that He's with us, whether we feel it or not, that we move forward. No, oh, you know what? Okay, I haven't, I'm not walking in, in habitual sin in my life. Whatever sin I had, I've confessed to the Lord. He's, I know he's walking with me. And he said, you have made me exceedingly glad with your presence. You know, not, you have made me exceedingly glad because he's, he talked about the crown and the honor and the glory and all those things. But then he goes on to say that what is exceeding, what's made him exceedingly glad is God's presence. In our lives, that should be the one thing that we always want is God's presence in our life. Verse seven, for the king trusts in the Lord and through the mercy of the most high, he shall not be moved. Understanding that our ability to stand is 100 percent reliant upon the Lord's faithfulness and mercy toward us. Verse eight. Your hand will find all your enemies. Your right hand will find those who hate you. You shall make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their offspring you shall destroy from the earth, and their descendants from among the sons of men. 
for they in, uh, for they intended evil against you. They devised a plot which they are not able to perform. Therefore, you will make them turn back, turn their back. You will make ready your arrows on your string toward their faces. Those verses 8 through 12 would not, it's never a good thing to be on the other side of the Lord's anger. That his anger is directed toward. Now what we're talking, you know, when you read of these things, these are frightening things to read of. You know, your right hand will find those who hate you. Those who are set against the Lord. Now, funny thing happened in my little town of Bucksport this past week. Uh, if you haven't heard of it. Uh, the Freedom From Religion Foundation made a stink about the display of the nativity scene that has been uh, on Main Street in Bucksport for 75 years. And there's a small, very small group of people that wanted to make this big deal about it. And I, don't, I, I can't speak too much of it because I haven't even looked into it much. Um, but I know that for a time it was taken down. And then restored. It has been restored. It's there. And but but somebody had posted this boastful thing that the Freedom from Religion Foundation had posted. Baby Jesus is in hiding. Just mocking, mocking our faith. Mocking our faith. We can look at them in the enemy and just say, I can't wait for blah 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 blah. Our prayer needs to be that the Lord would open their eyes. Because we do not want them to have an eternal separation from our Father. We don't want that. We want them to know the Savior. If they hear the gospel and they reject it, that's on them. But man, they have loved, loved to do this. They often are the ones that will put their own banners out there and demand that everybody respect them. But when anybody has anything that is uh, in opposition to what they want, wait a minute, they're crying. Like I said, like the baby, whining, crying, spinning around like little babies, you know, whining because so it's been restored. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. That's, that's all I have to say. You know, those little things, those people that hate God. They hate God, and so they made this boastful post, and I love the fact that it was restored. <laughs> Just uh, take your face and rub it in it, right? I do. There's a part of me that, that does enjoy that. I'll be, I'll confess because I want them to see that. That nobody, we're not just going to back down because a few whiners had to raise their voices. You know what? This has been a part there. And what I would have loved to see is everybody in town just putting manger scenes out there. I'm not a big one for them. I think a major scene's great and everything. If you have it, you don't, whatever. But hey, you know what? If you're going to put it out there, like everybody in town put it out in their own private thing just to annoy them, the, you know, to the nth degree, saying, you know what? You can mock our faith. We're not turning away. You may be able to take it from there, but you better not step on my yard and try to take that. You know, that, that we would make a stance of our faith. You know, that, that uh, you know, the Lord, the Lord, uh, you don't want to be in this. You know, where it says you shall make them a fiery oven in the time of your anger. Not something I want for them uh, or anybody else that they would experience the wrath of God, but they would experience God's mercy. That is for those that reject him. You know, their, their offspring shall destroy, uh, you shall destroy from the earth and descendants from among the sons of men. There were times 
like the Amalekites that were just so wicked that the Lord said, wipe them all out. There are hard times in the scripture that you read and you're like, I don't understand why everybody would be wiped out. Those are hard things to read. Understand his ways are higher than our ways. He knows. There were, there were groups of people, there were nations that as Israel's trying to walk, they're coming and back and they're killing all the, uh, they're attacking all the weak. Those ones in the back of the group that are, as they're wandering in the wilderness, the wicked people that are coming and attacking those that are lame and sick in the back. And that the Lord said, I'm going to have my vengeance on them. You know, the Lord, you know, the Lord does what he wants. And, and he's the one uh, that addresses those things. It says in verse 11, for they intended evil against you, that you is capitalized, and intended evil against the Lord. They devised a plot which they are not able to perform. It, it, men can, you know, when you look at a, a, like a Psalm, a psalm 2, or it's like <laughs> how the nations rage and plot a vain thing. What are you going to do? Like you're going to, how are you going to beat the Lord? You're going to launch a missile at him or something? I, like, how are you going to beat the Lord? We're going to gather up and we're going to beat God. Really? That's going to be interesting. You know, do you mean the God that flooded the whole earth? <laughs> you know, okay, what, what are you going to do? Because how puny we are, you know, in, in, in comparison. They devise a plot which they are not able to perform. Verse 12, therefore, you will make them turn their back. You will make ready your arrows on your string toward their faces. An arrow going right dead at them. That the Lord defends his people. And when, you know, it's kind of one of those, um, when I was a kid, I remember my brother, my brother um, shares this. Uh, I have two brothers. The one that's closest to me in age was always like, and he would just flat out tell me, I can beat you up, but nobody else can. You know, <laughs> and, but, you know, I don't remember a whole lot of time. I mean, we'd eventually, you know, occasionally get into a fight here or there, but it wasn't like he was pounding on me or anything like that. But he made it very clear, you know, if I can be a jerk to you, but nobody else can be, you know, and it was that, but that, that I'm going to protect. Now, if my brother, who's, I, I love him, uh, you know, as my brother, but to think of my God in heaven, uh, that he would protect those that he loves and those that love him, uh, and uh, that those that make their sel themselves the enemy of the Lord—that's uh, a—that's a frightening place to be. He wraps up this psalm in verse thirteen. Says, "Be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will sing praise. Uh, we will sing and praise your power. You know, not that power of as we read in twenty that of, of the chariots and the horses and." the military might and this, that, the other thing. You know, think of think of how God has used the foolishness of this world to put to shame the wise. Or, you know, uh, and, and, you know when you start thinking of, okay, we're going to take little David and he's going to have a slingshot with five smooth stones in it versus the Goliath mammoth of a man uh, going out there. It doesn't make any sense in a way. Okay, guys, I was a wrestler. In high school, a little bit. I uh, got to wrestle a little bit when we were over uh, overseas uh, for our base team, and and I love wrestling. I still follow it. Wrestling has weight classes for a reason, right? You know, so you know, for me to go in, uh, you know, if I uh, when the last time I, I wrestled competitively it was 155 pounds. If I go in and I wrestle a guy 285 who has uh, the same skill set and everything, I'm done. You know, I can do everything I can, try to hold on to everything. I'm going to get out overpowered. 
you know, I'm, I'm going to have that that mismatch uh, that that happens there. But when these when they're talking about the Lord's strength, we will sing of uh, in praise of your power, uh, praise your power. That that there's the understanding that no matter what that David and you guys have probably heard uh, the the overuse of the the world will even use the story of David. They'll say that David and Goliath. Great opportunity to talk about it. Wow, that's a cool story. You know, they're talking about this team versus this team or this guy versus that guy and everything. Oftentimes what I've seen is it doesn't match up with, with the, the extreme mismatch of David versus Goliath. You know, that, you know when, when you think of it. Now, uh, there, like I said, there, there are weight classes for a reason, uh, you know, in, in competitive wrestling or in competitive fighting. Uh, there, there are for a reason. Those things, those things are there. Now, when David, who was a man that uh, before he was even king, uh, experienced God's strength, that he knew he he was very uh, aware of. You know what? Going into battle and everything, and Saul's like, "Hey, let's put my armor on you." David's like, "Weighed down. It doesn't fit." Remember, Saul's a big guy, and he had all this armor and everything. And David's like, "I can't even move with this." I'm going in as me and my God versus that guy who's blaspheming the Lord. And he knew that his strength and victory came from the Lord. And uh, then he's able to defeat that giant that's just sitting there blaspheming God, the God of the Bible, making fun of the Israelites and everything. David said, you don't know, you know what? This guy is an enemy of the Lord. I'm going in because God's sending me. So this is a man, as he's writing this, that's experienced that that. It, by all uh, accounts uh, that, that the world would look at and go, there's no way he's going to win this fight. David has experienced that, so he can write of that. We can in our lives. I'm facing this in my life. And when we look back and understand that the Lord carried us through that circumstance or whatever it might be, we might be facing that right now. Go to the Lord, and he's going to give us that victory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so blessed that you are our strength that we can come to you, Lord, that we would pray for others. We would pray for those in leadership. Lord, that that uh, we would pray for other churches, that we would, uh, we would pray for the leaders of this nation. Lord, that you would be our strength. We don't want to place our trust in anything but you. You know, trusting in, in military might. Trusting in, in horses and, and chariots or, you know, of the day saying this is what protects us. This is what saves us. Lord, we want your grace and mercy, your presence to be what protects us. We pray for the nation of Israel as they stand. God, that, that you would open their eyes to understand that it's you that's protecting them. That they would come to you. Lord, let us never place our trust in man. That we'd never make flesh our strength. That our hearts wouldn't depart from you, but we would trust in you and be like that tree planted by the water. Still bearing fruit. Praising your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.